All right, we've been looking at the names of Jesus, and this morning, Jesus as the door. Jesus as the door. The Bible says in John 10, verse number 1, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Only one way in, only one acceptable way, only one right way. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice, and a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. You know, I don't know who's saved and who's not. Honestly, I don't. I don't know who's going to heaven when they die and who's going to hell. I really don't. But you sure tell a lot about people by who they follow. And if you're following Jesus, it's a pretty good bet that you're one of his sheep. And if you're following the world, the flesh, and the devil, uh, you can get angry all you want at people judging you, but it's, it's not a hard judgment to make. His sheep follow him, and those that are not his sheep, they follow thieves and robbers. So you, you, tell a lot, you tell a lot about yourself and your heart condition by uh, that to which you devote yourself. This parable, verse 6, spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. That was a common problem the Lord had. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and should go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Our Father, thank you for the Bible, revealing to us the truth about your Son, the Lord Jesus and Father, we ask and pray that you lead us and guide us into that truth. Find us willing followers today, we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The idea of a door implies there are two sides. There's an inside and there's an outside. On, on one side of this door is abundant life. On one side of this door is green pasture. On one side of this door is joy and happiness and contentment and peace. On the other side of this door is a, is a steady stream of thieves and robbers intent on destroying and killing all that is good about life, all that could be good about life, and eventually bringing an end to life itself. And you would think, you would think that one could look on, on the one side life and green pasture and joy, and on the other side, death and robbery and misery and destruction, and think it's a no-brainer. I want to be on the life side of that door, not the death side. I want to be on the joy side of that door, not the misery side of that door. And all seems well and good until you identify that door as Jesus. And as soon as that door is identified as Jesus, people who are starting for the green pastures draw back. People who are starting for the abundant life say, well, now wait a minute. Because they want joy without Jesus. And they want abundant life without Jesus. And they want green pastures without Jesus. 
And so they spend another six months or another year being beaten about and battered by robbers and thieves and those that kill all that is good and all that is hopeful and, and all that is grand about life. And, and they wake up one day and say, you know what, I, I need a better life than this. I need a new life. I need a different life. And they start heading for those green pastures once again. They start seeking joy once again. And they run into a door and that door is called Jesus. And they draw back one more time. It is so sad to live in a world with all of these broken homes and all of these broken lives and all of these unhappy people and and all of this addiction and all of this abuse and all of this crime and all of this violence and they will find confidence, they will put confidence in any thief that comes along, in any robber that comes along, but when you offer them Jesus, they draw back and don't want to go through that door. I'm telling you, there's only one door that leads to the green pastures, that door is Jesus Christ. There's only one door that leads to abundant life, and that door is Jesus Christ. Now, you don't have to take the word of a Christian when he testifies and says abundant life is through that door, but you can certainly take the testimony of your co-workers and your, your neighbors and your fellow citizens when they testify to what's on the other side of that door. Engage your co-workers in a conversation about government. What will they say? They're all thieves and robbers. Engage your co-workers in a conversation about the opposite gender and they will talk about how this woman ripped them off and that man was up to no good and this woman betrayed them and that man uh, failed in, in their trust and their confidence and they will talk about all of their life of barroom escapades and one night stands and marriages and relationships and what will they say? They're all thieves and robbers. Ask them about the contract that they, they entered into with an with a auto dealer or with a, with a physician or with a lawyer or with somebody to cut their yard or with somebody to repair their roof. And eventually the conversation will come around to group, fill in the blank, they're all thieves, group, fill in the blank, they're all robbers. This world constantly talks about their fellow citizens. This race constantly talks about their fellow man accurately according to the Bible. They are a race of thieves. They are a race of robbers. They are out for themselves. They will take what they want from me and go their way and leave me to dry my tears and leave me to drink my cup of sorrows. And then you step, step up on the job or step up into school and say, well, let me tell you about Jesus. Oh, I don't need that religion stuff. And so their longing for the green pastures is futile. Their longing for a life more abundant is one frustration after another because they won't go through the door called Jesus to escape the company of thieves and robbers. Now, I'm not saying that all men in every trade are thieves, and I'm not saying that all women in every, in every pro profession are robbers, but Jesus said, Anybody that offers you abundant life without Jesus is a thief and a robber. Anyone who offers you green pastures without Jesus is only going to eventually kill or destroy your hope for change. 
So you don't even remember that. It's <clears throat> five years later, everybody's just given up. I'm telling you, what you long for in your heart is peace, but you've got to go through the door named Jesus to get it. What you long for in your heart is contentment and satisfaction, but you've got to go through the door marked Jesus to get it. He said, I am the door, and there's no other door to get to the place where you want to go. Everybody else is going to leave you saying, that didn't live up to expectation. That didn't meet the promises. That, that wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. Amen. Look what he said. Bible says, John 10, verse number 7, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Now, you could, you could reckon that chronologically, but biblically, comparing Scripture with Scripture, all that ever came before me, we don't have to try to pre go back to a point in time before Jesus and read about the, the Buddhas of the world, or the Zoroasters of the world. Or the, uh, the, no, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Whatever you put in the place that ought to be occupied by Jesus Christ is going to leave you still desiring life more abundant. Whatever you try to use for a substitute for Jesus Christ is going to leave you empty and dissatisfied. All right, now, let me say something, and, and right now you might want to reach over and cover the ears of your uh, boys and girls and, and protect them from, from the horror of hearing truth from a preacher. Now, suppose when you have a child, you take that child's heart, a heart full of trust, a heart full of faith, a heart full of confidence, and you take that child's heart that is willing to believe, and you say to that child, there is, there is abundance to be found. There is happiness to be found. There is laughter and joy to be found. And it's coming down the chimney. A man in a sleigh is going to bring you the desires of your heart. Come on, it's October. I can say this. Now wait. What you are doing is you're offering them what God alone can give them, but you're putting something in the place of God that will eventually prove to be a disappointment. It will kill some of their trust that they had in you. It will kill some of their confidence that they placed in what you tell them. And it will make it very difficult for them to believe the next one you tell them about who's going to bring them joy and happiness and meet the desires of their heart. Now, I didn't name any names. In Moldova, they call him Frostman. So, I could be talking about Frostman. In Holland, they got this fellow named Black Pete. I could be talking about him. In the United States, they've got Obama. Um, <laughs> he's going to pay your bills. 
I went to the dentist last week, and, and the guy put one knee in my chest and put his elbow on my shoulder and just drilled for about three hours, and that was fun. And the, the assistant, she's sitting there, are you okay? Yeah, this is, let's just do it all afternoon. <laughs> Cancel all the rest of the appointments, try the other side. Anyway, so I got, got all through, I went to the counter, and the, and the woman looked up, she said, I'm sorry, this is going to cost, and she gave me this enormous figure. And I said, I said, Obama's paying for it. She just looked at me. I said, no, it's, it's affordable and he cares. <laughs> and I found out it's just an act. <laughs> affordable care is an act. <laughs> it's, it's not there. So anyway, I had to pay it. Now, now look, here's, what I'm, here's, here's my point. Throughout your life, from childhood all the way through, you're going to have this build-up, 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 build-up. This is it. This is it. This is going to do it. It's going to be the best ever. Here's the pregame show. Here's the pregame interviews. Here's the predictions. It's three minutes to kick off. And three hours later is just another boring Super Bowl and you ate so much, so much junk that your belly's sick and you're hungover and you can't go to work the next day and the team you bet on lost and it's just... It's never what the world says it's going to be. It never takes you as high. It never leaves you there as long. It never satisfies as deeply. It never, it never brings the contentment that was promised. Only Jesus Christ, that's the only door that can get you to what you want. That's the only door that can get you to what you're longing for. You're not going to find it in a man. You're not going to find it in a woman. The only man who could have satisfied all of your desires, Lillian got him. And now you... <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. What, what's that? <laughs> I didn't say it could meet all your desires, all, all her. Anyway, now, now listen, there's no matter, well, if I could just go out with him, if I could just marry him, if I could just, that's not going to do it. Oh, if she'd just say yes, it's not going to do it. Hope you have a wonderful marriage. It's going to take more than another frail, sinful, defective human being to satisfy the longings of your heart. Well, if we could just have a baby, that baby's going to keep you up at night. That baby's going to worry you to death. All your life. <laughs> when that baby's 50 and you're 70. That baby be keeping you up at night worrying you to death. That's not going away. There's a door and it's called Jesus. And people want happiness without going through that door. And they want joy without going through that door. And they want satisfaction without going through that door. And Jesus said, look at, look at verse number 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Now here's, here's the next uh, falsehood. What are the thieves and robbers told you? Well, don't go through that door, because if you ever go through that door, the rest of your life will be, I can't. That's what they say. 
Well, you're Christian, you're a Christian. If I was a Christian, you can't do that, and you can't do that, and you can't do that, and you can't go there, and you can't be this, and you can't be that. That's all they see is the you can't part. And it's not because we preach it. It's not. Somebody, somebody's not saved to come here this morning. I could preach for the hour and a half that I usually do. Just looking for visitors. I, I, I'm not. Did he, did he say an hour and a half? I'm not going to preach for an hour and a half. It'll just seem like an hour and a half. You could come and, and the whole morning we could preach about abundant life in Jesus Christ. We could preach about salvation in Jesus Christ. We could preach about joy in Jesus Christ. But all you'd go home and say is, I went to this church and he said that you can't have dinner Which I didn't say. But when an unsaved person looks at that door, they look at it as the gateway to prison. They look at it as a place where if I go through that door, I'm going to be locked up for the rest of my life, and I'm going to have to wear a long white robe, and I never get to watch TV again, God forbid, and, and, and I, I'm going to have to starve myself to give all my money to missionaries, and it's just, who wants to go in there? It's torture. Now, they don't know a single Christian that lives that way. They don't know a single person who goes to church who's, who's in that kind of bondage. But that's, that's their perception. That's their mythology of Christianity. Because they've never read a single page of the Bible. They just watch a bunch of skits on Saturday Night Live making fun of Christians. I'm telling you, you go in that door, once you go through that door, you can go in and out and in and out and in and out and in and out, rest when you need it, pasture when you want it, comfort when you need it, still waters when you need it, rest over here, victory over there. It's an abundant life. It's up, it's down, it's in and out. Now, let me ask you something. If you walk through that door called drunkard, you don't go in and out of that door. You're in there till Jesus saves you. You go through that door called addiction. You don't go in and out of that door. You're in there till Jesus saves you. You go through that door marked adultery. You don't go in and out that door. You're trapped until Jesus gets you out. I'm telling you, all those thieves and robbers, they're deceiving you into thinking there's bondage in Jesus Christ and liberty in sin. And I'm telling you, people who give themselves over to sin are trapped in it and can't get out. And Christians, I can get up in the morning, I can go to school, I can go to recreation, I can go to work, I can go to church, I can read my Bible, I can spend time with my family. I'm free. I am not in the bondage that sin puts a man in. Go in and out. Verse number 10 says, The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy, I am come they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Now, what, what's that thief do? He steals, he kills, he destroys. Think, think about just, just some, some pictures here. Satan in the garden. When Satan got that man to sin, got that woman to sin, and they're driven out of the garden, and you turn the page, and in chapter 4, there's a man digging a grave to bury his son. 
and a woman standing there weeping over the dead body of her son, did the serpent crawl over and say, you know, I'm really sorry about this. I apologize. When Pharaoh got up after refusing the clear counsel and warnings of God nine times in a row, and there's a firstborn dead in every house in Egypt, did Pharaoh go on television and tell the Egyptian nation, you know something, I'm really sorry I led you into this. I apologize. Listen, not only is that thief kill, not only is that thief destroy, when he's finished destroying your life and destroying your home and destroying your future, he never apologizes. The devil doesn't care about you. world doesn't care about you. And we refuse that door because it says Jesus on it. While, the, while the, the ways of the world and the people of the world and the influential controlling powers of the world just continue to wreck and ruin one life after another without a tear, without an apology, and yet who's feared? Jesus. Who's despised? Jesus. Who's made fun of? Jesus. Somebody shows up for work tomorrow and they walk in on a job and, and the, the woman, instead of putting her scarf around her neck, she wraps it around her head where she can just barely see out the eye holes and, and there'll be people on a job say, oh, oh, you converted to Islam? That's so cool. Amen. Somebody come in and, and, and say, uh, you know, this week I went to this seminar and, and I learned how to, how to meditate and, and, and how to, to get outside myself. And I almost felt like I was floating above the room. Oh, that's so neat. Tell me about it. You can go in there with any religion, any belief, any harebrained idea, and people at the lunch, in the lunchroom will say, tell me more about it. That's interesting. And you go in there and say, I went to church yesterday, and unanimously they'll tell you to shut up. Now, that's the truth. There is a bigoted prejudice that now runs through the very fiber of our society. It's for everything but Jesus, and it is almost universally against Jesus. You know what he said? Stick with it and just watch your divorce rate keep going up and your murder rate keep going up, and your kidnapping rate keep going up, and your child molesting rate going up. This fellow standing there, he thinks he's smart because his parents got enough money to put him in Stetson University. He's standing there Friday afternoon. He's, he's got a sign, and it says, Fund Solutions, Not Pollutions. I said, I said, what solutions are you looking for? He said, I want an end to war. So how are you going to have an end to war when you've thrown out the only book that tells people not to kill each other? He said, I want an end to corporate greed. I said, how are you going to have an end to corporate greed when you've thrown out the only book that tells people to love their neighbor as their self? You want what Jesus can give, but you despise the door called Jesus. They'll try anything. They'll try, they'll try communism. They'll try socialism. They'll try redistribution. They'll try democracy. They'll try, they'll try everything but Christianity to try and bring about the results that only Christianity can bring about. A girl down there, she got a sign, something about women's rights. I said, you know, before Christianity came to India, when a man died, they burned his wife so she could enter the afterworld with him. 
in a Muslim country, a man can, you, and talked about how men are legally allowed to treat their wives. Beatings, stonings, all the rest of that kind of stuff. I said, when Christianity comes in there, all that stuff stops. The only person in this world that ever brought equality to women was Jesus Christ. And everywhere in this world where the gospel goes, the rights of women and the safety of women and the honor and respect given to women goes through the roof. And they want, they want women to be treated equally and women to be treated with respect and dignity as long as Jesus doesn't get involved in it. Thieves and robbers killing and destroying until you go through that door marked Jesus, you're never going to find what you're looking for. And if you go through that door, you'll find salvation and green pastures. He's the door. Amen. He's the door. Now, come to Genesis 19. Genesis 19. That door is... It's, it's got a low, um, entryway to that door is very low. You've got to bow to enter through that door. And it's narrow. Only one person get in at a time. You don't come as a group. It's not a group rate. But if you'll come, if you'll come, whosoever will may enter in. Now, in Genesis 19... We won't read the whole chapter. It's rather disgusting. It's about a group of men that have an affinity for relations with other men. And you just you can't even imagine that people would have ever done a thing like that. But these two angels came to tell Lot he needed to get out of town because God was going to burn the town down. I don't know if it was the day they were having the big parade or, or when it was. But these these men who desired relations with other men heard that two men had come to Lot's house and they, they're trying to break into Lot's house to get at these men. That's how depraved they were. And the Bible says in verse number 9, they said, the two men in the house, stand back. They said again, this one fellow came into sojourn and he will needs be a judge. Now we deal worse with thee than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut to the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. May I say to you this morning that that door called Jesus, it's out there in plain view for all the public to see. It's preached on the radio. It's proclaimed on bumper stickers on the back of automobiles. It's plastered on billboards. It's proclaimed now and again on the television. There are people preaching on the street corners. There's people going from house to house. There are people mailing things to other people's houses. There's people putting it in little tract form and handing it out. There are people mailing it in with the bills that they pay. There are people who write cards and letters and send them to friends. That door is, is right out in plain View where anybody can see it. But if you're so devoted to your sin that you'd rather sin than be saved, you'll grope like a blind man and never find that door. These men didn't have to live like they were living. They chose to live like they were living. They didn't have to be given over to the depth of this depravity like they were, but they chose to, and there's a door right there. But they can't find it. The blindness that set in, 
because of their devotion to sin and their pursuit of sin, kept them from finding that door. I'm telling you, if you're here today and you've got any conscience left at all, if you know there's a God, you know you're going to answer that God, you know you're a sinner, you know you need to be saved, I'm telling you, you better get through that door called Jesus before your devotion to sin so blinds you that you can't find that door. The Bible says Corinthians, the God of this world, has blinded, he's blinded them that believe not the gospel. You don't want to refuse it too many times. You get a place where you can't see it. All right, Matthew 25. Matthew 25. There's only one door. It's got two sides. There's an inside. There's an outside. It's low. You've got about to enter it. It's narrow. It only admits one person at a time. Now, I'll tell you something else about that door. It's not a revolving door. It's not a swinging door. This one door only opens from within. You can't open the door called Jesus from your side. He's got to open the door called Jesus from his side. The Bible says in Matthew 25, verse number 1, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the, king, uh, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Now, it's not our purpose to break this whole passage down this morning, but here were some people that were told, you need to be ready to go through the door when the door is open. And they weren't ready to go through the door when the door was open. Everybody see that? We can, we can agree on that. Whatever, however else you want to interpret the passage, we can agree on that. Be ready. When the door's open, you've got to be ready to get through it. They weren't ready when the door was open. And verse number 11 says, Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Okay, so here's what happened. Some some of those referenced in this passage came to the door too late. And they could not get in. Everybody, however else you want to interpret it, that's what happened. They came to the door and found the door shut. And when they called out, open, open, they were told, it's too late. It's too late. You weren't ready to come while the door was open, and now the door is closed. Correct? There is no purgatory. There is no limbo. There is no reincarnation. There is no second chance. There is no Mary to talk you out of the mess you got yourself into. When you die without... 
Jesus Christ. The door through which you could have entered and been saved will be closed against you forever. And you can call and call and call and call and that door will never open. That's fact from the Bible. Now, right now, go ahead. Are you breathing? Check. You breathe. Okay, you're breathing. You're alive. Right now while you're alive, the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, you can call on Jesus. He'll open that door. You can go through that door and be saved. The moment you breathe your last breath, if you've not come through that door, it will be shut against you forever. It will never open unto you again and you will be lost. And you'll have all eternity to curse yourself for following thieves and robbers instead of coming to Jesus. Don't do it. Don't do it. One more picture. There's a man, seemed like a crazy man. He's building an ark, big ark, big giant boat, some say in a desert, some say in the middle of nowhere. Look, all we know from the Bible, he was building an ark. And people came by, why are you building that ark? He said, God's going to send a flood, he's going to drown the world in a flood. They, they laughed, they mocked, they ridiculed. He built that ark, that ark had a door, one door, just one door. It had one door. When, when, when that ark was built, we're told how long it was. Exactly. We're told how tall it was. Exactly. We're told how many stories it had. Exactly. We're told how many windows it had. Exactly. We're told the sides of the windows. Exactly. We're told that it had one door. Exactly. And we're not told the size of the door. When the elephant got there, the elephant could get in. When the giraffe got there, the giraffe could get in. When the fox got there, the fox could get in. Anybody that came to that one door could get in that one door, but they had to get in. And they had to get in through that one door. Noah and his family got in. All animals safe in the ark. And the Bible says the Lord, the Lord, shut them in. And you know, they're, they're, they're on the right side of the door, and the door is closed. And there's a lot of people on the wrong side of the door, and for 24 hours not one drop of rain fell. Don't you know there was laughter and ridicule? Three days went by, no rain fell. The sixth day, here comes the weekend. Don't you know they were partying like crazy outside that ark? Why it got so bad, no one is found. They just quit looking out the window. They couldn't bear to see it anymore. People out there laughing and making fun. They had signs and they had banners and they're yelling and screaming stuff at them and drinking their beer and making fun and throwing things at the ark. And seven days and no rain came. And then the Bible says enough water began to fall to flood this earth to the top of its mountains in 40 days. That's a lot of water. I guarantee you that partying crowd outside that ark was screaming for somebody to open that door. Paddling if they could over on anything that would float, banging on the door of that ark, begging somebody to open it. Once God shut it, it's not going to open again. Hope you're saved this morning. If you're saved, you got saved through Jesus. He's the door, the only door. But if you're not saved, if you're not saved, you need to come while the gangplank is out and while there's entrance into that ark of safety because one of these days, it might be, it might be rapture, it might be death, but one of these days, the Lord's going to pull the ropes 
and close that door and seal it shut. And it's not, it will not open again to those that did not want to sail on the ship that God prepared for their salvation. Now, personally, I wanted life. And I went through that door marked Jesus, and I didn't just find life, I found abundant life. And I wanted green pasture, and I, I went through that door, I didn't just find green pasture, I found Him leading me into green pastures. He knew exactly where they were. And I wanted something to, to satisfy my, my thirst for, for real living. And I went through that door called Jesus, and He led me beside the still waters. He didn't make all my troubles go away, but when I went through that door, I found he prepared me a table in the presence of my enemies. And he used to look over my shoulder and wonder what was about to catch up to me. But now I look back there and surely goodness and mercy, the three of them follow me all the days of my life. I'm not sure who Shirley is, but goodness and mercy, I'm, I'm glad they're back there. And you know, if my past ever catches up with me, you know what, you know what to be, be there to guard my rear flank, goodness and mercy. I'm so glad I went through that door. It's a door called Jesus. And people want life, but they're scared to go through that door. And they want peace, but they're scared to go through that door. And they want joy, but they're scared to go through that door. And Jesus said, you got my word on it. I'm the only door that has what you're looking for on the other side. Praise the Lord. We're going to pray and then we're going to learn a little song that uh, I learned with my children when they were three, four, five years old. And we've sing it a couple of times till you learn it and you'll, you'll never forget it once you learn it. And it won't, won't even be an invitation song. It'll just be a song we sing. But if you're here this morning and you've never gone through that door, before you go through that church door and head back out to where you came from, you need to get with somebody here that knows Jesus. And get through that door to eternal life. Life is short. Death is sure. Sin's the cause and Christ is the cure. He's the door. By me, if any man enter in, shall be saved. I'm glad I'm saved. Hope you're saved. If you're not saved, get saved. Get saved. There's a flood coming. Get saved. Father, we thank you for the Holy Bible. Thank you for Jesus. The door. The door to all that we're longing for. Thank you, Father, for providing a way of entrance into life more abundant. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, let's stand up together. We'll learn a little boys and girls song here this morning. The first verse is real simple. One door and only one, and yet its sides are two. The inside, the outside, on which side are you? Second verse, just as easy. One door and only one, and yet its sides are two. I'm on the inside. On which side are you? Now, everybody can sing the first verse, but you've got you to make sure you can sing the second verse, because not everybody can sing the second verse. All right, you ready? Follow the bouncing ball. <laughs> but I didn't, know, I didn't know everybody remembered that. <clears throat> All right. One door and only one, and yet its sides are two. Inside and outside, on which side are you? One door and only one, and yet its sides are two. I'm on the inside, on which side are you?
Not easy? Let's do it again. One door and only one, and yet its sides are two. Inside and outside, on which side are you? One door and only one, and yet its sides are two. I'm on the inside, on which side are you? Now, we're going to sing it once more. I think most of you got it. What's the name of that door? Jesus. I am the door. That's what Jesus said. All right, once more. One door and only one, and yet its sides are two. Inside and outside, on which side are you? One door and only one, and yet its sides are two. I'm on the inside, on which side are you?